Did you see this uh, Anna Lynn McCord uh, actress? She wrote a poem about how she wishes she could have been Putin's mother and she would have raised him right and stuff. Did you see this? Very no, strange no. story. But uh, Putin actually responded. He said he wanted to try out the breastfeeding part. Hey. Recorded live. Simply to reduce the amount of time spent in post-production, the new Indispensable Show with Sable and Dave. Let's take a deep dive into the shallow end of American culture. Welcome back, Mr. Dave Smith. Thank you. Welcome back to you, Sable. <laughs> mm. uh, you know, sometimes you're more awkward on the pod than you are in real person, in real life. <laughs> I, I think I'm always more awkward on the pod than in real life, almost. I, I don't know. That's because I haven't had any of, uh, I haven't drank any penis envy yet. Or angel, oh, yeah. angel's envy. Sorry, that's what we're drinking. It, it's got the big bottle. It's very definable. Yeah, I'm going to start. I'm going to pour it now. I didn't want to get lit before we even rolled because I noticed that my performance is, uh, it starts to decline about 15 minutes into the podcast. But if I start <laughs> right when the podcast is going, then maybe I can go, we get an extra like four minutes of me not sucking. All right, we'll plan. We'll plan the podcast around your drinking. Yeah, the uh, Angel's Envy comes in a bottle that's a certain shape. You can identify it blindfold. If you've ever seen it once, you can just pick the bottle out. It's got some nice feminine curves to it. Uh huh. And the wings on the back. Hmm. Yeah, the wings on the back. Hmm. Okay. Well. <laughs> yeah. There All you right. go. So, uh, Lachaim to you. This is a wartime podcast. Yeah, Lachaim. A wartime podcast. That's right. There is uh, quite a bit going on in the world today, and we are not really uh, prepared to talk about any of what's happening. Yeah. Well, if you're not, then I'm certainly not. You're the one with the master's degrees, and you're in the army. So, and I haven't done any of those things. So, we, we just don't have enough information. I just as- make boob jokes about Putin. Hey, that's good. That's a good one, though. <laughs> but we don't have enough information, you and I, as lay people, sure, to really know what's happening. But I, I can share that. And we, of course, referring to Russia invading Ukraine, right. basically. Or is it a full scale invasion yet, or is it? He just got the tip in. We're we're getting all kinds of stories. He's got the tip put in, put in, put in. Uh huh. I I did hear that the uh, the airport in Kiev was bombed. But I also heard that the Ukraine had shot down several airplanes. So we just don't know. Uh, companies, CEOs are doing um, talks with their employees explaining how this uh, wartime aggression is going to affect the company. Yeah. All the stocks are taking a dump. All the Bitcoiners are hiding. They're putting away the lasers. Like we used to have lasers in our eyes, but now we don't want to fight. If, if we have the laser eyes on, it might look like we're trying to target somebody. So we're just going to turn them off. Everyone's going to hide. Yeah. Will, is this going to be the first, seems like it could erupt into a major conflict, hopefully not major, major. Um, but this is, it could be the first time when we really, we're at the sort of the height of our powers as far as social media being disinformation weapon. Mm-hmm. I mean, this could really, who knows what we're seeing is if, if it's true or not. Any Anytime, anything that comes off of Twitter, unless you're seeing a direct, even if you are seeing a direct video feed of it, right. you, you can't, you can't believe any fucking thing anymore. So well, and you, it has to be vetted for days first. But this was a problem with the Palestinians. You know, when the Palestinians started their intifada against Israel, they would, they would put out these grainy cell phone videos mm. where they would very carefully... Like they would pick the side of a wall 
turned turned away from anything. And there would be people like picnicking and barbecuing and and living peaceful lives just within like you could shout at them, but then they would take grainy cell phone video off to the side that looked like the Israelis were, you know, raping and pillaging when mm-hmm. that wasn't happening at all. But mm-hmm. people only saw the grainy cell phone footage that was staged. So yeah. we I mean, I really don't know if we're seeing the staged or not, but we certainly Make sure you update your websites. Keep your cybersecurity wise. Mm. I'd say be on high alert. Mm-hmm. God damn, uh, white man creating all this trouble again as usual. Oh Putin. yeah. Oh, there you go. This is—is is he using his <laughs> his Russian privilege to? But he can't. You can't blame him though, because I, I've been told that. Um, as a as a white male, I can't control any of my impulses. Like I'm automatically racist and and uh, homophobic and sexist if I'm a straight white male. So we, we can't we can't criticize him. Really, we have to just kind of let him let him do 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 his thing. Right? I mean, maybe he was a, trying to pick up a girl in Ukraine, and she said, "The only way I'm going to go out with you is if you take over this country." Mm. Well, I like that idea. Scott <laughs> Adams was was uh, thinking about how. You know he's an older fella now, and he's he's probably on some meds, and he's wondering, well, which this doesn't seem like his normal <laughs> course. Like maybe he either stopped some meds, or maybe just got on some that's making him have delusions of grandeur hmm. or something. Who knows? Did you happen to listen to any of the speech that um, that we heard a translation of? No. Uh, in the speech, it was a very long and rambling speech of Putin. Of Putin. Or at least the translation. Rambling. I don't know if you mean Biden or Putin. Oh, that's true. That's true. I, I don't know whether the translation was was accurate or not. But what I heard from that speech was, we don't think Ukraine exists as a separate country. It was always where the people of Russia came from. It's just part of our country, and we're gonna like bring it back. A lot of Russians agree with that. And you know what? I bet a lot of Ukrainians <laughs> agree with that too. It's kind of weird. Like, I I hope we don't uh, start sending our youngsters over there to fight. I don't mind some, like, you know, if we're behind the scenes, some sanctions, whatever. But this seems like a thing where if Alabama got got um, uh, attacked by Florida, there's a lot of people. It's like it's kind of nebulous. Like mm-hmm. this is this is yeah, attacking is bad, but. The motivations for Alabama and Florida—they're kind of murky. For the, like, they there's a lot of brothers there, you know. And and uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if England completely sat that one out. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, what are we doing over there in their fight for right. Russia? I, I don't know. Obviously, yeah. he's a, a totalitarian, and Ukraine is less so. I don't know about the Ukraine's government, but wait a second. But isn't Putin democratically elected for the last twenty years? <laughs> no, he's a he's a dictator. He, oh, everything okay, over there right. is hugely centralized, and whenever given a choice, if you're smart, over here. I don't know. What people are doing over there uh, in those European countries who love slaughtering each other for centuries. Um, I, I would say move away from centralization. Always move move to decentralization. And we're moving in this country way towards centralization now. The left is like they're just like fucking gangbusters towards centralizing, but it's going to be trouble. Bad idea. Bad idea. It's going to be trouble, like uh, like Justin Fidel Castro Trudeau. Yeah, Castro, like E A U. I like how uh-huh. you're spelling Justin Castro. Um, yeah, funny. Wow. He he did <laughs> back down. By the way, I don't know if our listeners were following this the I trucker protest. I didn't follow this. 
You did not follow. That's interesting. This is today? This was a couple days ago. Uh-huh. You uh, backed down what? How? T- today, the only thing that's important is you know Putin, and of course, that this somehow is Trump's fault because there was no aggression from Russia and the Trump administration. Therefore, they must have been saving it up or something. Must have made a deal. Well, obvi- <laughs> so, obviously, the Trump was kind of a wild card and a little scary, they didn't know, but they knew Biden is a fucking joke, so that's why they waited for Biden so, well, to do this. You- we didn't Obviously. talk. We didn't talk about Afghanistan at all, did we? No, eh, not really. Not really. Well, I did say it was the worst pullout since the conception of my second daughter. Yeah, that was a good, that was a good joke. So the the summary of what's been happening for the last month in Canada, yeah, is ninety percent of their of the the truck driving workforce was vaccinated, but ten percent didn't want to get vaccinated for whatever reason mm-hmm. because they had the virus because they felt that they didn't want to take this vaccine yet. And a lot of people argued that they work alone. They're alone 20 hours a day, except when they, when they finally get home and see their family or when they're sleeping. And when they are around other people, it's outside when they're loading and unloading their trucks, they don't need to take this. And Trudeau and his government said, um, no, we don't care what you think. You're going to do this because we said so. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so and, and keep in mind, they, they did let the police go off that. They, they, didn't, they weren't mandating it for the police. So they, they already mm-hmm. had um, s- some exceptions to that. But Trudeau doesn't want to look like a wimp, mm-hmm. like he is. So all the truckers and some truckers from America all drove across the country, and they blocked the streets of the capital of Ottawa. So for a couple of weeks, they were honking horns, having parties. They had jumpers and DJs, barbecues, Extremely street vendors. Extremely from what I've seen. And even the occasional, the, the guy walking by with a, with a Nazi uh, flag, and then they chase him out of there. But any news media, they will grab, get the guy with the Nazi flag so that we can pretend that that's all there is here. Mm-hmm. So fuck you guys for doing that. But yeah, it seems mostly... Very, very, very peaceful and fun. Right. So it was a big party. So, of course, Trudeau said, you know, this is an occupation. They're threatening the capital. We found weapons in an RV, and they were going to storm. So they they enacted some they emer- they enacted emergency powers. Oh, yeah. There, there was pictures did the, did the of some weapons. on this RV? Okay. We, I mean, it wasn't there before, and there, no one else had any. Mm-hmm. No, There were no other weapons found. There was no other action. There was maybe bad actors were moving in after a few weeks. Sure, sure. But the government decided they needed emergency powers to fight this terrorist insurrection, this January 6th event right. that was happening. Yeah. And they they seized the bank accounts of everyone they could identify. They took all their money, just took it. Mm-hmm. They towed all the trucks and they're going to sell them. They're going to the, sell the trucks. The owners of the trucks will not get them back. The government's going to sell the trucks in order to get the money to pay for the police action that's coming up, mm-hmm. they they re- better burn the fucking buildings down. Like their 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 congressional building. They better do uh, congressional. Do they have a Congress? They better burn <laughs> they, their government buildings down. That's all par- I can say. Parliament. Parliament. They yeah. revoked the government revoked the insurance of all of the truckers they can identify. Mm-hmm. So not only did they take all your money, but you can never work again. Yeah, they're putting some people in jail. And they've determined to spend the next five or six months tracking down everybody that they haven't punished yet. Hmm. And then they had the largest police or military action that they've had in the history of Canada and moved in and violently, like, yeah, yeah, that's where the violence came from, beating up, 
attacking, um, violently kicked out the truckers. And then the truckers, of course, they wanted, when the police came, they're like, okay, look, we're, we're going to go. We'll just go over there. We won't block the Capitol. We'll go mm-hmm. somewhere else. No, no, that wasn't good enough. So mm-hmm. the tow truck drivers who had to mask, like tape over the name of their tow company, tape over their hats. They had to like tape over the truck, the, the tow truck company. They're towing the trucks. The police are beating up the, the truckers and the protesters. And it's been a big mess. And then after that was done, they said the streets are finally clear, but we need our emergency powers because we don't have any other tools in the government to fight this kind of terrorism. Yeah. We don't want to give it up. And that went on for days. Yeah, he invoked a very, uh, actually, never before used Canadian law, or did it? It was invoked his, one time. His, his dad father That's right. invoked it. Yeah, but uh, he invoked it at a time when they actually had bombings and some uh, members of parliament were actually murdered. Mm-hmm. So eh, you can argue that it was necessary. You could think that time. you know honking your horn and murdering people—that's the same thing, of course. Well, of course, to leftists it is. I mean, they if they they get a paper cut, they they scream bloody murder. They go right to eleven. If I like, mm-hmm. you want to require someone to show ID to vote? Fucking go to eleven and scream that you're a Nazi racist. That's like their whole thing. And I learned that. I, I've said this before. I learned that from watching the tree the tree hugger people. 20 years ago, I was watching a documentary and they all said, if the cops touch your arm, scream like they're pouring hot lava down your throat. Just scream like mm-hmm. there's like you're being raped. Hmm. And that's how the entire operation on the left rolls. It's like everything, go to 11 on everything. Okay. Well, that's how it is. That's what we have to do. Yeah. So when I said they finally backed down, they finally admitted they don't need well we have we have tools at our disposal to handle this we don't need to retain the emergency powers okay good so they like, oh. let them lapse or whatever they do yeah they're going to relinquish the the emergency powers okay good good but it it took sort of national browbeating yeah before they finally did excellent good well, the Canadians were able to <laughs> stave that off whereas the Chinese weren't they went ahead kept going with all that shit with their cultural evolution and mm-hmm. I think that was a bad idea. Well, but now there but now there's going to be a trucker protest driving to DC. Yeah. Do you maybe. know about this? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. Can you tell me anything? No. No, I just heard about it just the same as I just uh, heard that they're going to do it. Um Has it already started? I thought it was starting somewhere I, I, in California. It started in Apple Valley there maybe. Hey. <laughs> what we were just talking about earlier for reasons we can't talk about on the show. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know what their goal is, but probably similar uh, to the to the Canadian to the to the uh, honkening. The say. honkening, I love that. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, Isn't it interesting though how look we do have the two we do have the two worlds going simultaneous worlds existing together. If Trudeau actually believes that this is a January sixth style insurrection, we are going to be taken over. They're going to cut my head off. Then him doing that makes sense. Um, I heard a, a podcast with Sam Harris and some other uh, people talk about Trump, and they're, they 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 very adamant that you know Trump had just you know he was trying to overthrow the government, but they never actually they never they never entertained the thought that well Trump actually believed that there might have been some that the election might have been stolen, and he thought he was preserving the republic. Mm-hmm. They never that didn't even fucking come into their mind. They didn't consider that. Which is true, I believe. I think he actually thinks that he really won the election or that there was some 
chicanery going on that wasn't really looked into. I think he believes that. So the people that were there do think if, if they're wrong or not, but they, they thought they were preserving the Republic by going there to making sure that the, you know, but if you're the government, you see, Holy, holy shit. They're going to try to break in here and they're going to behead me, which could happen. There were some bad actors at January 6th. They, they, they came there. There were some bad people who came there and wanted to do some bad shit. And if they totally. would have got a hold of Pelosi, they probably would have dragged her through the streets with her and tore her head off, which I do not condone at all, but I love that idea. Just kidding. I wouldn't say that. Well, Even though I do think she's evil, but I don't think we should uh, drag her through the streets and pull her head off like we did with Mussolini. No, but do you think it really would have happened? Because it seemed like there was a lot of talk. A lot of talk, probably not. I don't think the crowd would have really allowed that, actually, because I think there's maybe just a handful of people who people are like, what the fuck are you doing? It went like the truckers kicking out the Nazis, like, what do you, what the fuck are you doing? Right. Which is, which I hope would have uh, would have happened had that uh, had it come to that with where they actually get their hands on AOC. It's like, <laughs> now, no, 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 we're not. No, no, this is not what we do. What we're doing here. So we we just had uh, President's Day here, Washington's birthday. Yeah, I always celebrate Jimmy Carter and Woodrow Wilson on that day, President's Day. <laughs> President's Day. Ah, well, before that was uh, Lincoln, Lincoln's birthday. Yeah, and Lincoln, you know, you think we live in times that are rough, but Lincoln was the first president of the United States that was not a slave owner. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> He's the 16th president. He was the first one that was not a slave owner. And he was relatively unknown. He wasn't even on the ballot of the 21 presidents. Um, well, he wasn't on. So there was a magazine that used to go around the country. He's like, obviously a Democrat, right? Uh, no. What? No, all the slave owners were Democrats. What? That's exactly what but people wait, they say. All, they all changed sides, right? All the mean Democrat people that were slave owners are now all Republicans, right? Yeah, they must have changed sides. They all just changed sides, all of them. So, okay. so here's this guy. He has one year of formal education, mm-hmm. which probably means one year of studying beyond fifth grade. Yeah. I'm, I'm not clear on what the one year of formal education was when you go back to Lincoln. But he went into politics for a brief term, and then he left politics for 17 years. He didn't like it. <laughs> and then he ran, smart, yeah. Then he ran for president, and he yeah. won. Yeah. People were so mad that they formed gangs and they stormed the Capitol. And the plan was, because in Washington, in Washington D.C., you could, um, all the, the, the Supreme Court, the seals of the United States, like all the official things were in the building. So these gangs were forming to go, and they were going to stop the electoral vote on February 13th. It's because they didn't like Lincoln. Because elected. they didn't like they didn't a like non-slave a yeah, owner. He's, he's like rocking the boat. Becoming president. Yeah, they didn't like a Republican becoming president. He was the, he was Republican. The Republican, Republican Party created had just stop formed. slavery. <laughs> it had just formed, and he was yeah. going to be the first president of that. Mm-hmm. There were, so he took a tour when he won, he took a tour around the country, this long train trip. He survived multiple assassination attempts. Mm. <laughs> okay. Mul- there was this guy, Pinkerton. You probably heard of Pinkerton. Yeah. He was the personal security for Lincoln. He offered Lincoln a gun or a dagger. He said, you know, you're going you're gonna to be faced like up close and personal. And Lincoln said, no, no, I'm not going to take it. Uh, Lincoln snuck off in the middle of the night and took a different route so that nobody would know which way he was going. Meanwhile, Pinkerton cut the telegraph lines in the in the city and and nailed shut all the doors of the reporters 
<laughs> Pinkerton and his guys, so the reporters wouldn't re- wouldn't say which way did Lincoln go. Oh, wow. <laughs> and this retired general formed together a ragtag army to protect the capital from the armed gangs that were coming in. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think we had it bad with Trump? This was this was because yeah. the Democrats were so angry that there was going to be a non-slave owner. The Democrats then, as they do now, felt that they owned everything. They had the Congress. They had the High Court. They had the presidency. They had the they Senate. They were in control of black people like they are now. They were in control of everything. Still, still managed to maintain control of black people. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they were in control of the story. So... This was a this was an interesting article by a historian that I came across, and I just I had to share that it was like oh I, it's yeah. like 1968 I didn't know how bad 1968 mm-hmm. was I wasn't born then yeah I didn't well, live I, through I that. was one so I don't remember but I do remember it being a, a time of great upheaval right and that's yeah. probably the worst time like in our parents' lifetimes. And maybe we're in the worst time now of our lifetimes. Could be, could be. Um, humans, uh, hu- hu- uh, humans can be great. Humanity sucks. Mm-hmm. The Russians have been brutalizing and slaughtering their own people for centuries, and this is you no. Know, it's like we'll just stay out of this one, but we don't want to mm, let the uh, the bad guy get too strong, like we already did with China and Russia. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to learn any lesson at all. Ten, tens of millions of Russians killed. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's how that's how I ended up here in the United States. My family and my dad's side was driven they were driven out. Mm. They were driven out of their country. They fled to America. Mhm. Yeah, my uh wife's parents as well. Mhm. I think your wife's parents are one generation yeah. closer. Yeah. Yeah, her, uh, you know, her, her mom has a cool picture of herself in her kindergarten class and Stalin pictures on the wall behind them. Wow. Was, uh, you know, this was in the 50s, so he was still alive. Scumbag, that Putin. No, Putin. Did I say Stalin? Stalin is what you meant. <laughs> yep. But it was not your wife in the 50s. No, her mom. Yeah, it was her mom. Did I say it was her mom? <laughs> you yeah. said it was your wife, oh, I think. I think I said my, her wife. My Let wife. me roll the tape back. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Fact check, false. <laughs> okay, man, I had so many things for you. I want to get back to this um, to this uh, communist, socialist propaganda, mm. but it's a heavy topic. So I want to share something that's light and easy, and it only cool. deals with racism that's happening today. Okay. You know, the kind of thing we normally talk Fresh about. Fresh racism. <laughs> so... I'm in this. I'm in a statewide college meeting. I'm on these these different committees where I I participate with other colleagues from all around California, and we're having uh, we have people from the chancellor's office. We have high level vice presidents and directors from all these different community colleges. You know, there's 116 colleges, so there's a lot of opportunity for this. And there's a lady. She's a um, a very well educated black woman. She's in a position of high authority. She speaks well. I mean, she has a PhD. Like, I'm not, it doesn't matter. Like, her race or gender doesn't matter. She definitely, she's definitely in a job that she has the right credentials for. Mm -hmm. But she starts asking questions of people about the committees and the structure of the committees and why the committees are providing their knowledge and input and expertise and experience in to help make decisions. 
And I'm kind of befuddled. I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, the whole point of the committee was to get a bunch of us experts together. She's asking, why to, are the to people puzzle who, out? Why are people who know about this area giving us advice on that area? Exactly. Okay. Wow. And then through this, what she says was, and this just this killed me. She said, "Well, as you know, it's fundamentally inequitable to use conversation in order to make decisions." No, she didn't mean conversation like in, we're just informally conversing off the cuff. She didn't mean it like that. She just meant like exchange of ideas is bad, basically. I, <laughs> is that what she, she so, meant? You so think? my understanding was us sitting together in a meeting, sharing our input based on our professional experience and our personal expertise was fundamentally, fundamentally. inequitable. Yeah. Mm. And of course, obviously, it's because there's a different uh, um, people. People in the room had different, differing levels of uh, melanin content in their skin. Probably, I'm imagining, right? Um, I think it was a pretty wide variety. Would she have said that if they were all dark-skinned folks like herself? Maybe I wonder. Would that have come up? What I well, what I understood from the context of her comments was that not everybody in a meeting feels comfortable speaking up mm -hmm. and therefore their voice won't be heard and we won't have their perspective. So <laughs> really the only person that should be able to make the decisions is the person in charge of the meeting who can best consider the positions of all the people there. Without, without hearing any of them talk. <laughs> yes. Well, I was about to make fun of this, but that's fucking airtight it's logic. So, so I'm, 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 I'm shutting up right now. It's so unbelievable. And the problem is, this is how she really, truly, in her heart of hearts feels, is the right way. Like, we should just shut the committees down. We should get rid of all the expertise and experience. Yeah. And we should just make decisions based on what your skin color is. Yes. So she wants to centralize the committee. This is a callback. She wants to centralize it all to one person making all the decisions instead of this pesky decentralization where we hear people give their opinions about things that mm -hmm. they might know about. See where I'm going with this, people? Now, it the way that the colleges operate in California, and we have lots of, uh, in fact, maybe a majority of our listeners are not from California. We have a system called shared governance. And uh, I'm just going to explain it to you mm -hmm. since you... You had, what, a, one year or one semester? Of college? Yeah. Eh, three semesters. Okay, three semesters. Remember, I, in political science, I once got a D minus, minus, minus on a test. Well, So this is who you're talking to. One of my <laughs> stories tonight is how you were right. Oh. How you're the smart person in the room and not me. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm all ears. Do you, you see? Yeah. You think I'm joking. I make a lot of jokes. This is not <laughs> one. So... <laughs> <laughs> this, my laptop's going to keep cool. shutting down on me here. Uh, if you're a Mac user, there's a little trick. If you open up the terminal, you can type the words caffeinate mm. and then hit a hyphen D, caffeinate dash D, and it will just stay awake forever till the battery dies. You do that in terminal? You don't have to download the program or is it already no, on there? it's okay. already built into the terminal. Wow. I'm going to look that up. I like that. Yeah, you don't, you don't need the program. Cool. But I have to remember to do that. Otherwise, the computer just shuts down. Mm-hmm. So it was just, I couldn't believe. I think what's going to happen is this woman 
is just going to be making all the decisions that we currently have in the shared governance model. We have several committees that meet. One committee sort of outlines the priorities. Here are the things we'd like to accomplish for the college that what we see is going to be our best route forward based on our goals. And then it goes to these other committees to say, well, we'd, we'd like to know which kinds of these tools would make the most sense for us to use going forward. And then you get actual subject matter experts to say, you should do this and this and this and this. Mm-hmm. And the way that it trickles up, it removes any one person's influence and kind of um, makes, makes the best choice for the college in most cases. Mm-hmm. So it's long process. It's slow. And we tend to, um, we tend to react slowly and we tend to um, react poorly slowly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the shared governance model has its pros and cons, but it lets all of the constituents, all the people that that work there sort of have a say in how yeah. things operate. Just the white people though, according to this gal. No, no, it's it's mostly not white people. At the no, but they're the only ones that feel comfortable talking, that's what I'm I saying. guess so. Or they're the only ones smart enough to talk right. in a meeting. Yes. I guess. <laughs> I guess that's what she means. Now she it was not appropriate for me to question her further about this. Mm. But I did explain my understanding of the purpose of the committee that I was on. And she said, Oh, well, I'll have to think about that. I'll allow it. I'll have to think about that (laughs) because she was, of course, now she's the dictator in charge and decides all the decisions for herself and whether Mm -hmm. they're good decisions or not. Of course. Which is, I was going to argue with that, but that's just fucking, it's like, steel trap arguing. Mm-hmm. I can't arguments. I, I can't now, do it. My only my only real like I think her logic is flawed because by taking the position that that she's the mom and knows everything and she it's going to be her her word, then she's enforcing the role of of, of the family. <laughs> and we know from Black Lives Matter that the nuclear family is the root of all evil in western society. So you can't have a mother who knows all making decisions because that is the root of all evil in Western society. Hmm. Well, if she's a single mom, that's celebrated though by by uh, the left and like a BLM type, right? Mm, no, that's I don't the preferred, think so. That's the preferred the, way. The Black, Black Lives Matter website specifically said the destruction of the nuclear family. That was in their early days. Right. Nuclear meaning, I mean, does that mean father, mother? It means two parents. Yeah, two parents. Two so parents. They're, so... Single mom is good, so this, maybe this is, this is you know. I don't know. I don't know. I just <laughs> want to say it's fundamentally inequitable to use conversation in order to make decisions. It's a great quote, and I just want to like smack around and say, if you're not using conversation to make decisions, and using conversation to share your point, to share evidence and argue your point, then you're doing something wrong. It's a dictatorship. Yeah. yeah. Just flat out. But I think it's a are totally cool with dictatorships as long as the dictator is good and they always see themselves as good. I guess. So I they, guess. Yeah. I mean, they're a good person. Obama did some horrifying stuff that's like war crime level stuff, but he was a, he had a, he had the right uh, optics and feelings about things. He had the right, right. He had the right um, opinions or, or the right um, – what's the – uh, I already said optics, but the right. Uh, I'm fucking this up. 
he had the he had the good he had the good benevolent ideas. So his he sounded his, smart his, when he said he it. He sounded smart. Yeah, but he actually he actually did order murders of innocent people, at least one of, of Americans of Americans. Yeah, there was a one I'm thinking of was a. a a guy who was a terrorist on Obama's kill list, which was way longer than actually it was like a B- Obama thing. It was the kill list the kill way list, longer yeah. than Bush had. He did way more drone strikes than Bush did. Well, uh, Obama had better drones, better drones. True. That's true. We um, got a bunch of guys in Las Vegas that just pilot drones all over the world yeah. and just kill people. Yeah. So Obama fully embraced that. And he did at one point order the killing of a, of a, of a guy knowing his innocent son was with him. He, he said, yeah, pull the trigger. He, so he, he is a murderer. Mm-hmm. Obama is for sure. That's that's a proven fact. Okay, I don't he know. Is, so, I don't know how this is relevant. Yeah, Obama made everybody <laughs> so feel I'm saying, good. I'm saying it's like he and he also. I'm getting this is going back to like the dictator's okay if he's a good person because they all. Th- I'm sure this lady thinks Obama was a was a, a close to godlike figure. I'm, I'm betting, you know, maybe wrong. Well, but I, I have to I'm assume so because they have the same. Don't do that Biden whisper thing on my <laughs> podcast, sir. The no Biden whispers here. Don't do that. But I would assume that that you're right because she shares a skin color with Obama, and that must be the only thing that's important. Not yes. your lived experience yeah. and her comment about about not, the inequitable. Things. Not your personal history. Yeah. Not anything to do with the merit of your work. Not the amount of time and effort and natural ability that you're willing to put in and dedicate. None of that matters. Because if the melanin deficiency is there, it must be wrong, I guess. And Obama also um, uh, made it legal for the government to detain people, uh, citizens, without cause indefinitely. But it's mm-hmm. okay because he, 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 um, he had said that, well, we're not planning on using that. So it's okay. This is how we get into trouble, folks. This, this shit needs to be repealed, for one thing. <laughs> but the Republicans, if they get in office, do you think they're going to repeal that? No. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, I did vote for Obama. Mm. I did vote for him the first time. He said, we're going to get rid of the prisons. Guantanamo. We're going to get rid of Guantanamo Bay. And I said, heck yeah, Uh let's do it. Let's get rid of Guantanamo Bay. That is a wild, wild place. And I'm Mm -hmm. not really sure that, that America should be in the business of detaining people indefinitely. No, no, we shouldn't. And he didn't. And it's still yeah. there today. Yeah, we've even upscaled that to where now we have we have prisons in the places like that, but in Syria too, where we actually have Americans who went over there, brought their kids with them and their wives, and we imprisoned the kid and the wife too. Like they're in jails. Uh, if you listen to Majid Nawaz um, on Joe Rogan, uh, it's kind of mind blowing. Listen to him on there. He's he's an ex radicalized Islamist. He was in he grew up in England and he was like a radical. Would go try to recruit other uh, Islam uh, Islamists to do bad things. He actually was just a teacher. He didn't actually apparently go out and do stuff, but he was like a recruiter. But I'm impressed you pulled his name out of the air because yeah. I'm pretty sure I've listened to this guy talk yeah. four or five years ago. Mm, you probably did, yeah. Majid Nawaz. Like, this guy's listened to it last night, and I, I just tried to go to bed at 9 o'clock last night. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to bed early. Mistakenly decided to put that podcast on and my brain could not shut off. I mean, this guy was so fucking interesting. Wow. <laughs> I mean, being tortured in an Egyptian prison and, you know, 
he's had a life, a uh, much more interesting life than I have had. So that's why I listen to those type of guys. But boy, that's a that's a good uh, listen right there. I mean, it gets into all this talk about decentralization and what we're doing over there with the prisons and stuff. It's like we're not exactly squeaky clean in this whole in this whole thing. So and it, it happens when our government's able to just do whatever they fucking want with no accountability. This is yeah. a problem, and we well, shouldn't not. Is that not true with anybody that yeah. has yeah and. Yeah. An action they can take with no accountability. Yes, that is the that's the worst thing you can do, especially to a government, is give them no accountability. Seems so. like that's the the human nature here. Yeah, yeah, and we're about to maybe shut down the best experiment that's ever been going on. Now we've never had full accountability here, but at least we've had kind of some measure. At least the people that um, were in charge, or the the most of the citizenry, kind of had that goal. Like we shouldn't be doing that, but I don't know if. I have to say that shit may be out of the window by now. It's like, nope, whatever means necessary now because we had Trump, but we can't have that again. So we have to, if, you, if you're if you a Trump supporter, we we're getting, mm-hmm. we have to figure out a way to list you as a terrorist so we can put you away. This is absolutely, this is what they do in Egypt and Syria and Libya and all those places. So well, we, maybe we, don't we're, want, we don't want this. Maybe we're sliding right down that slope. We're yes. letting, we're, we're letting, uh, we're encouraging men to not speak up for themselves. Yes. We're encouraging men to lose their ability to provide for the family, to feel that they have a useful purpose in society. And we're just letting things go. Yeah. If you're going to leftify uh, the male citizens of this country, you have to do that. You got to take away their, their reason debt tray. They say, you're not needed. Just, just put your fucking VR headset on. It could be the raison d'être. Yeah, I would say raison d'être because of, of uh, raising Arizona, one of my favorite movies of all time. That's how the guy says it. It's, it's your whole reason d'être, ain't it? Yeah. Um, that was not yeah. the Nicolas Cage character that said no, that. No, that was the the guy that plays Nathan Arizona. Who's yeah. the yeah. God, that's amazing. All right, so I want to I want to uh, take a moment. I came across this research, this article. Uh, there's a book actually about this and I want to justify your entire adult life. Okay. I know you were looking, I'm ready to hear it. I know you were looking for for justification. (laughs) It it always helps, you know, (laughs) so (laughs) do it before I'm dead, you know? So there's a, there's a scholar. His name is Brian Kaplan and uh, he's a mathematician and he started he started trying to answer questions about how going, how sending everyone to college could help or hurt the country. <laughs> and he spent a year getting deep into putting together mathematical models and spreadsheets showing the societal benefit, the personal benefit, the societal detriment. You know, what's it like to have all of the young people in debt? What's right. it like to have all of the young people unable to start businesses? What's it like to have all of the young people in a profession where they can't do anything or make any money? <laughs> and and he put together a book. Oh, shoot. I don't have the name of the book here. I'm going to slide up. It is called well, the, the Case of- Against Education. <laughs> nice. The book is called The Case Against Education. And uh, the book is done now. You can go buy it. I haven't. I uh, talk about formal education where you pay for it, like college, going to college. college. So I listened to him talk about it, and I read a bunch. I looked at the mathematical models are not that's not my field. 
I'm not going to go and audit his material. But I thought I wanted to share this with you. <clears throat> so his idea was we should defund the um, the empirical importance of model of the current model of education. Like give less money to colleges. They're not doing anything. They're not helping people stop giving them money and give less money to K-12s. Yeah. <laughs> and then he says, we should just rethink education policy altogether because here's a whole book full of data that says it's not doing anything for us. Well, it may lead us into a cultural revolution where we can be like China. That's what it's doing, actually. But the education system doesn't mean that you have uneducated people. Right. You're, you're not dumb because you didn't sit in a classroom for four years. Right. So what what he comes up with is, like he looks at the annual return, the year-by-year -year return. Anyway, you could go into that. He has the selfish returns, the societal returns. And I really like the way he boiled this down. He said, look, college is not really making any sense in most cases. So go to high school mm -hmm. unless you're a terrible student. <laughs> if you hate school, go do something else. Otherwise, just go to high school, mm -hmm. right? And then um, if you really don't ever want to work for whatever reason, don't go to high school. But <laughs> you really should go get a full-time career and go get a job, and you're going to be much better off for the rest of your life working and training and learning. Yeah, He says, if you're a really strong student, college might be a good idea for you. But only if you're a good student. Yeah, and I, and I don't mean you're barely literate at the ninth grade level. I mean, you're like dying to go and further challenge yourself intellectually. Yeah, does he get into how this, this mentality creeped into the job market or even like, like it's really it's, it's got to be just the job market because like i said i used to work at state farm insurance back in the 80s mm -hmm. and back then you could you could be a divisional manager you could be the president if, if you were good at insurance like if you right. understood the market you could rise up you still can and be an agent and stuff but i think there's some official positions like oh you can't even interview this for this position if you don't have uh, at least a bachelor's degree that was like a new thing like what why Somehow, university convinced employers that oh yeah, this is you need us to weed out these uh, undesirables. I think it's a simpler <laughs> answer than that because mm -hmm. that that sounds like more of a conspiratorial point of view. But if you go the yeah. Barbara Bush route, <laughs> Barbara Bush said everybody deserves to go to college, so every mm -hmm. child was prepared. Not in not in when you went to school, but when I went to school, yeah. Everybody was was prepared for college, right? So, everybody that has at least a modicum of intelligence can get a college degree. So, a college degree is about as useful for you as a high school diploma was thirty years ago, forty, fifty that years seems ago. Seems right, yeah, actually. So <laughs> that's the reason right. because if you don't have a college degree, you probably can't read and write at a ninth grade level. Yeah. And then anything beyond that is what we used to think of as college educated. Yeah, I'm thinking of the most wildly successful people, other than like obvious things like doctors mm -hmm. or surgeons, which they're trained in a university setting. But but they, they can be trained. But at doctors a, at a, are not necessarily academics, right? Um, a doctor is a is a skill, yeah. like a mechanic. 
That's yeah. a very highly paid mechanic. You could, it's like a trade and, school they go to. Almost. But it requires eight years of trade education to learn biology yeah. and medicine. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's you know, you, you're not going to be a good doctor if you're an intellectual slouch. But it's not an intellectual pursuit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and most right. lawyers are more like mechanics and, engin- and, and uh, just skilled tradespeople rather than academics. And it's fine. Go get a law degree and get a job and make lots of money. The average lawyer does not make lots of money. Hmm. <laughs> Only the good lawyers make lots of money. So you could have $400,000 in debt yeah. and make $65,000 a year. <laughs> yeah, Those things could both be true as a lawyer. Yeah. So it's the Practical Guidance for Prudent Students by Brian Kaplan based on a year, a full-time year of data and research says, Man. Don't, don't go to college. <laughs> don't take on the debt. And actually, this helps me personally. Reading this, the reason that the headline even caught my attention, the case against education, is that I know for a fact that as a lifelong learner, I learned tons of things. I'm an expert in many areas that I did not go to college for. Mm. The things that I went to college for, I'm far from expert in because that was years and years and years ago, and the field has moved on. So there's there's no my ability to have gone to college and get a master's degree. You also have a master's degree in like music, right? Yeah. Now, it's what's interesting is I know you learned a lot about music and you're proficient in a lot of those things, but with, the funny part is just like when you if you you can get a, I know a person who has a master's in screenwriting. They get their master's studying screenplays written by people who didn't even go to college. Now, you know, and, and like you studied music written by people who never went to college. I mean, what did was, was Mozart a college graduate? I don't know. Beethoven? I don't know. I mean, they're just skilled, and you probably would have been exposed to their music. You know what I mean? Those guys were the highest educated of their time. Yeah, probably those guys were the, those uh, the, those wealthy guys. The they kind, grew up the in kind the of King's class court. Of, yeah, the kind of classical composers that I studied in college, they were the ones... Well, they were slaves. Yeah, Mozart, they were educated by Mo- musicians. Not, they didn't right. go to like a, a university and learn about social justice, too. And all well, they, they did go to school. They did yeah. learn... But then their focus was on music and composition. Yeah, so that's a retarded point. Better, better to make a point about the uh, screenwriting thing is like no, it's, well, no, no. It's, you, it's, it's a you yeah. missed the point though, yeah. because half of my program was about jazz. Yeah, there you go. See, that's what I was getting. And I should, jazz, I should have started with that. And and jazz was really all. It was almost all Black Americans for the first fifty years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and no. some some of them had college degrees, but they didn't study jazz in college. <laughs> No, they you know were I mean? inventing it. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's like a nebulous sort of a thing. Right. Film studies, like, you, you, you know. But the way that this becomes personal for me, the case against education, is that having the formal piece of paper, the degree of a college degree, right, a, a Cal State Long Beach um, diploma, doesn't mean anything about my ability to do that particular job. Yeah. It might mean in certain fields, so um, when I was teaching cybersecurity, if you graduated with a certificate in cybersecurity, it meant you actually knew a few things and you could show up to a job mm-hmm. and you could be useful. Yeah, It meant that you had half a brain, 
about the topics involved in network security, cybersecurity, yeah. that you could get the credential, the baseline industry credential, and go to work. That is valuable. I had... Yeah. And that's not necessarily because they went to a school for it, but they passed the test for it, right? There's a test. Well, like in, a certification. in my classroom, we oh, developed right. the abilities over four months... I forgot you were talking about your specific ...to be classroom. able to pass the test. Yeah, right. That... The test is the measure of like, do you know these basic things? But I could walk in off the street and just pass the test if I know it, and I did. I didn't have to go to any college or anything. I could have just read all the books, right. or just done it myself, and I would have. Yeah. Right. If you studied, you could take the same credentials. Yeah. So in that case, some college degrees are useful. Uh, for me, yeah. for and this is where it really comes in personal. I've been um, angsting myself about a PhD or a doctorate for over ten years. And every time I really seriously look at it, I'm like, well, it's going to take three to five years. It's going to cost me sixty, eighty thousand dollars, and then what am I going to have afterward? I'm going to have a mountain of debt, and those people will call you doctor. And I will tell you their arm hurts when they go like this. And you go, no, 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 I'm not that kind of doctor. <laughs> exactly. But well, don't go like this. But if you want to disrobe, I'll take a look at uh, yeah, young lady. But. Uh, <laughs> that was good. That was good. I'm going to make you an honorary doctor. Do the Hi. <laughs> by the power vested in me, <laughs> I so dub you Dr. Dre. No. <laughs> so I wanted to share that Brian Kaplan book, The Case yeah. Against Education. Interesting. Is there an audiobook version of that? I hope. It sounds interesting. No, but he has some interviews. He has some mm. audio interviews Brian you can listen Kaplan. to. I, I, I may have heard of him already. I think I might have. But it sounds a little. But this familiar. is why I wanted to caveat this because yeah. I didn't read the book. Mm hmm. There's so much data. I don't, well, I'm not going to go and look at all his data. I just wanted to share this yeah. idea. If, if you're a person who's curious and have a desire to to get ahead and you have a motor, you're, you will be totally fine. If you want to be, you, if you want to decide, I want to make money in this area, okay, um, find, find someone who knows that area and mm -hmm. they will probably teach you. Just go work with them. Now, you have to be a little bit outgoing if you want to do this, some of this stuff. Well, here's the other thing. The th what I do for a living, what I do, what we're doing right now, actually, the kinds of problems that I solve every day did not exist when I was a kid. Yeah. What I do every day for work is like science fiction to oh. a 10-year-old Sable. Yeah, right. And so and sometimes I'll, I'll sit down, I'll think about this, like what the lives we live are magical to people in the 80s. You oh, couldn't yeah. have imagined that you would be talking to a speaker in your house <laughs> that would turn on your lights or yeah. that you'd be video calling people around the world Yeah, all I day, every day. In 2001, A Space Odyssey, though, Frank, uh, Frank Poole is looking at an iPad-like device. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, come on, that's never going <laughs> right, to Right, to check the news. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, we do have that now. And it's much better than his version. Yeah, because it didn't. His his wasn't a touchscreen, as far as I could tell. It had knobs on it or something. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> or kind of switches. You know? But we couldn't imagine that. It's no. it's pretty fantastic. So you don't need the case for education for most people. And uh, I guess selfishly, when I in the classroom, I've been teaching since two thousand nine. When I have, it's usually young guys that are really struggling. I'll just ask them. I'll say, "Why are you in college?" You have a lot of energy. You have a lot of ambition. Why don't you go in the military? You could really make something of yourself instead mm -hmm. of sitting around here at the community college. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. like hating your life. Yeah. Yeah. Or oh oh you want to make a lot of money? Okay, go be a plumber. They're like, yeah. "What?" Yeah. <laughs> it's like plumbers make a lot of money. Yeah. And they all have to do is put up with a little bit of crap. Yeah, a little bit of crap. We we use one guy for ma- most of our stuff now. All he does is clear drains. He's a smart guy and he's he's cheap. Mm-hmm. He put a toilet in for us, but he doesn't do sort of like he doesn't like repipe your house and go pull up the yard. He just unclogs your toilet and he'll install one. I'm sure the guy's working all day, makes great money. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't charge a lot for us, which is great, but I'm sure he's working all day long yeah. as much as he wants. They're and it's easy work for him. Plumbers, electricians, yeah. auto mechanics. You know, spend six weeks and go get a go get certified to work on Teslas. Is that all it takes? Six weeks? Yeah. I might do that shit. It's a six week. <laughs> it's actually awesome. and they pay you to go to school. I had no idea. Yeah, it's a paid internship because you have to learn how to not die when you're working on a Tesla. Yeah, Because yeah. you put the wrong mm. thing together and then you see. You my get attention fried. to detail is not that great, so maybe <laughs> I shouldn't do that. I don't but know, I, but I actually was thinking of going doing that with like Toyota or something because I'm like I'd like to actually be able to fix shit. Yeah, if you love if you love mechanics, you and that's it. You don't you know mecha- I know mechanics like good mechanics, and they make fun of people that go to mechanic school. <laughs> They're like those idiots can't do anything. <laughs> you just gotta go and and go do your apprenticeship, and the the case for you to get a college degree is probably not worth the time and effort. Yeah, but thankfully, a lot of you out there are going to school, so you can be that uh, vice chancellor of uh, of diversity at the uh, at, at the in the UC system because we need you out there. <laughs> we really need you. Fuck. <laughs> Nobody can see you rolling your eyes in the pod. <laughs> all right, all right. I've got another story for you. Okay. I've got another thing. It's much lighter, and I'm not going to make it to all my stories today. I thought mm, we were yeah. going to have too short of a pod, but I'm, I just realized we're 53 minutes yeah. in. So I've got, I've got another thing. It really, I think you and I came across this a while ago with mainstream media. And what I think what we did was we quit the mainstream news. For me, this was like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. The mainstream, just quit. No, yeah. no television news. I don't read the newspaper every day. Yeah, maybe longer for me even, yeah. I do. I mean, I do browse news websites. I listen to a lot of podcasts that play clips mm-hmm. from the news in context, not sound bites. Yeah. But there, there was this really interesting uh, article written by this guy. He said five things you notice when you quit the news. Hmm. I just wanted to share the five things with cool. you. Number one, you feel better. <laughs> I wouldn't know, but I, I, I think that's true. I, I, I feel pretty good generally most days. So. He says, this is, uh, what's his name? I had his name here a second ago. It is David, and his blog is called Raptitude. Mm-hmm. Raptitude. Raptitude. He said, number one, you feel better. A common symptom of quitting the news is an improvement in mood. News junkies will say it's because you've stuck your head in the sand. <laughs> of course. Number two, you were never actually accomplishing anything by watching the news. True, true. If you ask someone what they accomplished by watching the news, you'll hear vague things like, it's our civic duty to stay informed, or I need to know what's going on in the world. Really? Or we can't just ignore these issues. But that doesn't answer the question. <laughs> no. 
And, and let me interject at this point, please. You mentioned those words. Is uh, remember the famous, famous quote by famous uh, newspaper uh, writer and ultimately became could be the greatest author uh, ever lived. Mark Twain used to be a newspaper man. He said, "If you uh, if you don't read the newspapers, you're uninformed, and if you do read the newspapers, you're misinformed." He was a newspaper man. This was in the 1800s. So, if Mark Twain said it, it must be true. All uh, right, hell yeah. Number three. Most current events-related conversations are just people talking out of their asses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is one of the arguments. He says, well, it's, it helps you participate in conversations like at the water cooler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's you don't really accomplish anything, and you don't really know anything. Do those exist now? I mean, I know most people seem to be working from home now, but are you allowed to disagree at the water cooler now? I think you can only talk about stuff like, boy, those cupcakes were good. Yeah. Oh, it's cold outside. Yeah. You can't talk about, yeah, I voted for Trump. (gasps) What? You can't do that. I still feel like there are many times where me having a clue about something helps us have a conversation. Mm, mm -hmm, mm. But then I, I tend to err on the read about one or two things and only know that there are headlines of other things. Yeah. So I'm more often to say, I don't know, than anything. I just, I don't know. Tell me about it. Tell me about it, Dave. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number four. There are much better ways to be informed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everyone wants to be well-informed. The news doesn't do it. You're not getting information from the news. There's lots of sources, like the back of your shampoo bottle. Yeah, how long did it take to actually get a handle on what actually happened in Kenosha with Kyle Rittenhouse. How old was that story? A year? Mm-hmm. They were still getting wrong. It was just wrong, wrong, <clears throat> wrong, wrong information. So he's, he says, if you read three books on something, um, you'll know more than 99% of everybody. Hmm. Hmm. But if you just watch the news all day for a year, you won't know anything. I think that's true. He said, and number five, being concerned makes us feel like we're doing something, but we're not. Yeah, yeah. So like it, it. it satisfies that we feel like we're doing something. Right? We're following it every day. We're following it moment by moment, but we're not really doing anything. <laughs> no. Well, you're not doing as much as I do when I you know, tweet about, uh, I'm against human trafficking. Click, return. Ah, I've done my part. Right. You know? But... Uh, and maybe yeah. they're not doing it as much as when I change my Twitter icon to be blue in support of whatever the whatever it is of the day. Yeah. You That's gotta, important though. You changing an icon takes at least, you know, twenty seconds though. Right. So I had to time th- I had day. to think about what hue of blue yeah. would yeah, would yeah. best represent the oppressed persons that I'm trying to support in my right. protest. Yeah. Right. Well, you're laughing, but this is just important stuff here. It's very important. So I think the um, the the biggest reason I think people get stuck to the news, that endorphin rush, that constant um, excitement and fear and um, the adrenaline that you get and the outrage. It's lately, it's been, everything's been outrage, outrage, outrage. Before you even say anything more, I think we should submit this podcast for the for a, some sort of a contest or maybe Guinness book because look at the time. We've gone 58 minutes, nearly 59 minutes without mentioning the word COVID. Oh, wow. 
There you so, go. So, I mean, it stops at 59 minutes, right? Because I mentioned <laughs> it right there. But that has to be a record for some sort of... Well, come uh, on, man. We're over. Word. It didn't even make it on my list of things. <laughs> I know. It's, it's over. It's over. We're in the dying remnants of it. You're like, oh, you're still doing the mask mm-hmm. thing. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. You guys are crazy. <laughs> so... Mm-hmm. I think it's the we're we're afraid of letting people know we really don't care. So if we don't watch the news, then it doesn't look like we care and we're afraid that people might think we don't care. Yeah. But we yeah. don't care. Like the listeners, you guys don't care what's going on in the colleges. You don't care about the rampant racism. You really care about what's happening in your workplace, in your house, in the grocery store by your house, whether they have Heavy cream or half and half. I have this as a subject to talk about on my notes. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I have I have those words on my thing here, but I didn't know that. I yeah, I forgot. I was about to wrap it up, but now that you remind me, <laughs> I, I can I jump in with this, please, <laughs> please. Just today I was at Starbucks and I'm like, uh, I'd like to have my latte with half and half. And like, oh, we don't we don't have any half and half. This is Starbucks, and I'm like, oh, well, okay, whatever. But. This has been a rash of this type of thing happening. I go to the Starbucks over here, uh, down that way, um, and like they're just randomly closed at er, at random times for just no reason. Like, and I one time I went there at like three thirty, and I buy coffee. I sit down. And I'm gonna start working. I'm working on my uh, my TV pilot, so I'm working. Three minutes later, the guy guy walks over. Oh, uh, sorry, I should have told you we're closing now. I'm like. What? It's like three thirty. I've had this problem with Starbucks. I go, why are you guys closing all the time? Yeah, it's and, Starbucks. Yeah, and these these Starbucks all over the place were just randomly closed. I'm yeah. driving. There's people inside, but they're just effing yeah. closed. Yeah, and same thing with McDonald's. I like I like to sit because I work on my computer all day and I like to do writing. And I don't want to write on my same computer. I I've been using the iPad a lot, so I take the iPad with me. I go to Starbucks, uh, McDonald's. Go to McDonald's because they have a decent coffee there and. Random times, doors shut. Like, what the fuck? And there's no sign on the door saying, hey, we're closed. Sorry. There's nothing. It's just yesterday they were open at this time, and it was Tuesday. Today's Wednesday, and they're fucking closed. Um, um, and then and then again, the Starbucks, you're out of half and half. Well, why don't you send somebody to the fucking store to get some half and half? <laughs> right. What the fuck's your business? Just like walk fucking next business. door. You know the, what this is? I, know, I figured out what it is. The, the Stater Brothers or the Vons or the Ralphs is like right yeah. there. Yeah. It's, I can see it. Yeah. Quite literally. One, yeah. The, there's a Starbucks inside my Vons. Now they they're never out. Good. They always have everything because they because I guess they're not stupid enough to okay go we'll go over there. But this place was like, can you send someone over to fucking get with your fucking coffee? But anyway, right. Here's what's happening, Sable. Now that I could talk about COVID because it's the last minute of the show. Okay, all right. But this is because of our COVID-based economy now, where the leftists have taken over their life. They are preparing us for their their whole way of life with like bread lines and shit just not being open and, and shitty service for no reason at all. Mm-hmm. They're preparing, they're getting us, they're lubing us up for this by with this bullshit with the, yeah, we don't have half and half. Uh, what are you going to do? Or we're randomly closed for the rest of the day. <laughs> like, and how, pa- getting how us powerless ready. is the employee that they can't be like, you know, we're, uh, we're almost at a half and half. We should get somebody to the store. Yeah, if I can, I'll walk over. You know, even when I worked at Ben and Jerry's as a teenager, I could tell if we needed something, I'd be like, um, it looks like we're going to be out of napkins. We should get some. How do we get napkins? I don't know. 
But it was like... We, <laughs> but you, you were probably engaged in some sort of problem. So like, well, this is my job. I'm being paid to do this. Customers are coming in asking for this. Why don't I go get them right. at the store? Or, or even I didn't know that I could go to the store. It was yeah, like, yeah. but we're going to need napkins and we don't know how to get them. <laughs> but, but we should find somebody that knows how to get napkins, right? I mean... We're going to need napkins. We sell ice cream at a store that we need napkins. Yeah, this so, is what capitalism used to be good at, just solving right. those problems. Like I, I don't remember ever a rash of this, like, what, you're out of this? It's like some Starbucks were actually out of coffee. I have I have come across that yeah. recently. Starbucks out of coffee. It's like a McDonald's uh, being... We, we don't have any espresso right now. Like, what? Yeah. This what do never you have? happened. This never happened before the COVID-based economy happened in the leftists, and it's not because of COVID. It's because of leftists. I think it's the employees. They fucked everything up in response to COVID. I, th- I think it's the employees. We have a bunch and of that too. We have a bunch of self-entitled employees that don't really want to do any work. No. That think that they should be paid a hundred thousand dollars a year with benefits and retirement and insurance to sit and complain about how unfair things yep. are. And I'm not judging them because I am them. I would love to not do any work and get paid a hundred thousand dollars a year and have like eight weeks of vacation. But I understand you, it, but you do a ton of work. Yes, and, I do, and you don't <laughs> get that much money or that much vacation. No, no. But I want to be like them. I, mm. I want that. But uh, I do a ton of work and I don't get that much vacation. So mm. I guess I need to step it up a little bit. Yeah. Even though you work for the school system. You yeah. Some, yeah. Well, I've been ten years at one school. I think I'm yeah. up to five. I might well. So I might be up to four weeks. What's of vacation. the body count for COVID at that school? How many how many deaths? Are they up to zero yet? Uh, I'm Students? sure that at least one or two of somebody's retired spouse has passed away. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, I don't know. Well, yeah. considering how long we've gone, do you want to try and get in a, a quickie of three degrees? Okay, we'll get into three uh, three degrees of uh, ra- that's racist. I've got three so, points for three degrees. It's such a hot uh, a hot segment. People love it. That you know. People love this segment. <laughs> Let's go do a quick game. Okay. You've heard of Six Degrees to Kevin Bacon. Well, it's time to play Three Degrees to That's Racist, where Dave takes a random word or phrase and has three connections to make that word or phrase racist. Let's see if Dave can match the skills of Democrats and play Three Degrees to That's Racist. That's racist. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Thank you. Dave always takes a minute to stretch and do a little Rocky Balboa. I'm always kind of buzzed by the time this comes up, and I get worse and worse (laughs) when I'm... Oh, God. Angel's envy. You know, you blame it on the alcohol, but it's really (laughs) just you. It's just you. Because it's kind of like improv, and you know I suck at improv. Well, yeah, that was on another show. We'll have to bring that back. And, uh, oh, I got some teasers for you after this. Mm. All right. Three three things okay. for three degrees to that's racist. Okay. I was inspired by the number three by the two Tuesday on 2 22 oh, yeah, fun day. So here we go. Okay. Oh, I forgot to mention that too. Yeah. Ask me about that afterward. Okay. okay. Number one, three degrees to that's racist. An oak barrel. An oak barrel. Oh, well... Those could be triggering because back in the day, you know, those uh, the southern whiskey guys would have their slaves go out and have to uh, cut down trees and form the planks into the barrels. And uh, so it just reminds them of the, the slave days. So therefore, oak barrels are racist. Okay. 
gender fluid. <laughs> uh, um, on one hand, I think of uh, someone uh, filling up a cup with some sort of vile liquid, but uh, going to go away from that. Um, so gender fluid. Gender fluid. <laughs> As in the gender fluid yeah. rapist. Yeah, right. Yeah, assaulted yeah. three girls in the high school restroom. Yeah. <laughs> um, God, nothing's coming to me quickly on this one. I like to move through these quick, so I'm going to have to pass on gender fluid. All right. I still haven't come up with an eh sound for you, so mm-hmm. eh. All right, number three, and this is inspired by the name of our website. Oh. Wokeism. Wokeism. <laughs> um. <laughs> God, I'm so terrible at this sometimes. Uh, wokeism. People are screaming at the pod I right know, now. They all know the answer, and I can't. Uh, I can't come up with it. Um, probably because there's just like a million ways to go with it, or there's no ways to go with it. Three degrees, man. How do you get to wokeism? How do I get to racism from wokeism? Um. I am blaming the angels envy. I just can't. I'm just ready to go for a nap now. Oh, man. I'm just so have, sad. I know. I, 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 two out of three I missed. Uh, Do you have any ideas for the, woke, the wokeism one? Oh, sure. What? Because um, being woke means being unfair specifically towards white people, and that's racist. Oh, Okay. Yeah, you went well. Oh, you went the super obvious thing, which is wokeism is just racism. But of course. I'm thinking what the Democrats would say that how it's racist. So I actually got myself into a box that I'm going to remember for the future ones because you because um, <laughs> you just showed me that. Yeah, I didn't see that. That's uh, that's funny. I'm always thinking of what would Nancy Pelosi say, and she wouldn't say that. And she would not say that wokeism is racism. No, she wouldn't. Even though okay. she's totally incorrect because wokeism is basically a different spelling for racism. Wow. Well, and this was inspired by our website, which is wokeity.com. Wokeity.com. Yeah, check out wokeity.com. There's nothing on there but our, our W-O-Q. No. It's like woke and yeah, W-woke, W-O-K-E-Y. W-O-K-E-Q-U-I-T-Y. Yeah. com. Yeah. I had to think about that so one. more stuff on there. Woke-wity. Did you link to my uh, Hemingway's underpants blog on that? Um, put a link there somewhere. I don't know. Send me an email to remind okay. me about that. We'll do. We'll put it out on Twitter. All right. So, little teaser upcoming shows. We're actually, we should just do the skit. We should just do the um, Stan. Yeah, we'll just run through it just to remind everybody of how it used to be comedy, but now people will listen and go, I don't understand. Where's the joke? Do you want to do it just you and me, or do you want to try and get Corey in on it? Um,. I think well, Corey wants we have to do a real it. actor in there would be good. So. Okay. <laughs> uh, My but, name is yeah. Lavender. <laughs> I love Lavender. All right. Well, you want to wrap it up? Yeah, let's wrap it up. This uh, turned out to be, uh, I know that almost almost nobody makes it to the very end, but <laughs> turned out to be an interesting exposition, and I still have a whole bunch of topics about anti-Semitism oh, yeah. that I did not even have time to get to today. Mm-hmm. So let's okay. bring it back next time. Yes, and we'll we bring shall. we'll do a little more. Um, what what's our tagline again? Deep dive into the shallow end of American culture. Booze and comment. Booze and comment.